Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Indie Talk Wrestling. I am your host, Paul Martinez, uh, back to talk about two more independent shows from the WrestleMania weekend. First, we're going to talk about Evolve 40, and then we're going to take a look at the WWN joint show. Of course, WWN is the banner in which Evolve and Dragon Gate USA, Shimmer, Shine, I think there might be a couple of other uh, promotions, all wrestle under that banner. Uh, you can go to their website and catch all the iPay-per-views on demand there. Very reasonably priced. And uh, they, they, they kind of formed almost like, eh, I want to say like an NWA, but not really. But that's a kind of a, a little banner in which a few different promotions all work under. And they do share talent. But this was just one big joint show to close out the WrestleMania weekend shows. Of course, was headlined by the big unification match that they've been pushing for a while now, which is Drew Galloway, the Evolve champion, facing Johnny Gargano, a.k.a. Johnny Wrestling, as he is the Open Freedom Gate champion, which is the top prize in Dragon Gate USA. And uh, those guys will, will face off and the WWN show to, uh, you know, unify those titles. And so that's definitely something looking forward to. There's a few matches on both these cards that coming in I was looking forward to. But uh, let's get it started. Uh, we're going to start with Evolve 40. And in the opening match, we have Uha Nation versus Drew Galloway, the Evolve champion. Yes, right. The champion in the opening match. I was surprised also. You know, you don't see Brock Lesnar in the opener. <laughs> but uh, for whatever reason, they, you know, they opened up the match. It's a very interesting matchup. For those who don't know Uha Nation, uh, he is, I think, a, he's a look at the future of the business. He is really jacked up in incredible condition, a very muscular, yet very uh, agile. Uh, he could do some amazing things for his size in the ring. Uh, he could do shooting star presses, moon standing moon salts, all kinds of stuff. So he is just an incredible athlete, and with tremendous power as well. A big green, but uh, he's got a lot of potential. If you get a chance, uh, try to find some of his stuff on YouTube, maybe, or you know, if you happen to watch any of these independent shows. Uh, Keep an eye open for Uha or wherever he is on the card. Uh, very, very uh, bright prospect for the future. And I thought I had heard that he was had a developmental deal with WWE, but I don't think that's the case if he's working on these independent shows. Uh, usually they don't allow that once you sign with them. But I'm not sure either way on that. But anyway, back to the match. It was a really good match. Back and forth action. At one point, Uha hit a German, and then a splash off the top for a two-count. Galloway hits a sit-out powerbomb for a near fall. And then there was a move. Drew, Drew hits a German suplex on Uha, and he lands neck-first into the buckle. And uh, then Drew follows up with his sick kick. He only gets a two-count. But back to the German. I have to tell you... I'm I'm still at a point, I guess, with Perro Aguayo Jr.'s death, that when I see anybody going into the ropes that way, 
I'm holding my breath. And I, I know it was a fluke accident that happened to Paro. I know that. But it's still something that's going to sit with me a little bit. When I see moves like this, I, I do hold my breath for a second. I get a little scared. I mean, Uha's got tremendous muscles around his neck. Uh, his traps are like <laughs> monsters. But um, still, it can happen to any, you know, what happened to Paro can happen to anybody. So it's going to take me a little while to be able to see things like that and not have it affect me. Uh, back to the match. Uha uh, comes back. He hits a sit-out powerbomb for a two-count. But again, like last show in Evolve 39, that's almost out of nowhere. Uh, Galloway just grabs him, hits the future shock DDT, and gets the three count. I called it anticlimactic last time, but I guess it's anticlimactic this time. I think they're trying to make this out to be like Randy Orton's RKO, where it just could come at any point, at any time, out of anywhere. But it's some, it's just different because Orton's move. Well, yes, it could come out of anywhere. It's also got a pizzazz to it, the way it looks, you know? It looks, not that the Future Shock DDT is a weak-looking move. It's not, but it's not the same. It's a DDT. You know, rarely do we see any DDTs finish matches. The Future Shock might be the only one right now, which, if you don't know, is almost like uh, Mick Foley's DDT, the double arm. It's very, very similar to that. But those are really the only DDTs that get, you know, get put over as finishers these days. I don't know. I just, you know, I, I don't know about uh, just having this twice now, just come out of nowhere, just drop it on somebody, you know, not setting up for it. But that's just me. Overall, this was a really nice opening match. Three stars they gave the match. Again, a little surprised why Drew was on the opening match. He tried to cut a promo. I don't know if it's his accent or the way maybe he holds the mic too close to his face. Every time this guy cuts a promo, I have no idea what he's saying. I know he was calling out Gargano at some point, but that's about all I really could understand out of him. Our second match, Timothy Thatcher versus Tommy N. Timothy Thatcher is so over with the Evolve crowd that it boggles my mind. Tommy N, as I talked about, I think I said last time Tommy N was a British wrestler, and I was mistaken. That's not true. He is European, but he's not British. I think he's Dutch. But he is like kind of a kickboxing style, very stiff. But this whole match was, you know, very MMA style. And I'm not taking anything away from these guys. Uh, these guys are very talented wrestlers. Like they could literally really wrestle, and that's what they did. Except this just isn't my thing. I'm, I'm trying to explain. I know a lot of people love this, but I just don't. It's not real. So, being that it's not real mixed martial arts, it doesn't have the real drama of it. You know, like with someone, you know, in mixed martial arts, someone can stop a match in 30 seconds of an armbar. You know, they just grab it, lock it on, bam, a la Ronda Rousey all the time. But you know they're not going to do that in a worked match. So, I, I, don't, I just, the drama's not there. And to be honest, and I feel bad to say this, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. I find this boring. I know others are going to disagree with me. They may, you know, they may bash me in the comments. You don't, ah, you don't know true wrestling, blah, blah. Hey, listen, if you like it, that's okay. I think it's great. I'm not knocking anyone who likes it. For me, I'll pass. If I want to watch real fighting, I could watch UFC. I could watch collegiate wrestling, which is real fighting. You know, this is supposed to be, for me anyway, professional wrestling is supposed to be an exhibition. 
kind of like when you watch martial arts exhibitions. So when, even when you watch a martial art movie, you know, they're not really beating the crap out of each other. It's guys showing their skill in, you know, in a dramatic fashion. And I don't know. I just don't find any drama about two guys rolling around the mat for 20 minutes. You know, I gave it two stars out of respect. These guys are very talented. You know, they do know what they're doing. Um, by the way, Timothy Thatcher uh, wound up winning this. I tap out. Like I said, if you like it, great. It's just not my thing. I'm not going to bash it, but it's just not what I want to turn on and watch when I turn on professional wrestling. Next match, Drew Gulak versus TJ Perkins. Here we have another MMA-style match. Although I like this one a lot better because there was a better mix of striking here. Probably because TJ Perkins is not really a... He can wrestle, but he's more of a traditional wrestler who uh, incorporates a lot of high-flying. There wasn't much high-flying in this, but there was some striking. And I felt there was a nice mix. There was some mat wrestling. There was some striking. There was maybe one or two high spots. He got a little of everything. And in that case, I can take it. I don't mind it. I just, you know, I'm not watching them roll around for 15 minutes. I may be watching them roll around for three or four minutes. And that's fine. And I could appreciate that. You know, but then they'll stand back up and they'll start hitting each other. You know, I, I just find it more to my liking. I gave it two and a half stars. Gulak wound up winning it with an ankle lock. Again, not really any real high spots to speak of. But, you know, sound match. Both guys uh, look good. Then we get A.R. Fox, which is all-ego Ethan Page. Ethan Page is the guy who's been brought in to evolve by Johnny Gargano, which is kind of his protege. You know, it's a good mix of power versus speed here. I, I am a big A.R. Fox fan, but I, I do understand those who criticize him as being Although I hate the term spot monkey. I never liked that term. First of all, I think that's the fact that you say monkey. I find, you know, derogatory. But, I mean, I'd rather just say maybe spot machine. Which, you know, even that. Yeah, maybe he is a quote-unquote spot machine. You know, most of the matches are just a series of high spots. But, again, you can't take anything away from this guy's athleticism. He's an incredible athlete to do what he does in the ring takes incredible skill and training and I don't think that should just be cast out as being nothing so this is my opinion in the match uh, not a lot of crazy spots as a course of an AR Fox match he winds up hitting a swanton a la uh, Jeff Hardy you don't see so many people hit that uh, I thought that was a nice move he got a two count on Page taking a page, so to speak, out of Johnny Gargano's book, uh, hit a lawn dart and then followed it with an ace crusher and then a swinging like face plant for a near fall. It was a really nice sequence by Page. Maybe the best that I've seen out of him uh, so far with this match and uh, his previous match in Evolve 39. There's a springboard code breaker by AR Fox that looked great. He hit the low main pain. I've heard of this move. I had never seen it. It's really hard to explain. It's kind of like an Arabian moonsault, but then he like, like kind of suplex or slams a guy off the ropes. Try to look it up on YouTube. Low main pain. 
It's an interesting move, uh, but uh, it's hard to explain. Uh, he followed that up though with the 450 splash. He gets the win. It's a good match. There were one or two jerky spots. Like I said last time, there's a lot of new guys who are coming into the company who are not used to working with each other. And it just might be uh, that's the situation. But I gave it three stars regardless. Afterwards, Paige cuts a promo. He's apologizing to the fans, to Johnny Gargano, who vouched for him to coming to Evolve. Out comes Gargano. He tells Paige he has nothing to be ashamed of. And he cuts a promo in Galloway for the unification match. And something struck a bell for me right here at this point. First of all, Paige's nickname is All Ego. So for a guy named All Ego to stand in the middle of a ring and start apologizing for a loss doesn't really match your nickname. And the whole, okay, you lost the match and now you're apologizing to your benefactor. And he comes out and tells you, you know, kid, you gave it your all. And you know, that whole, you know, Rocky speech. This rings to me of a swerve coming. I thought it right at that moment. I'm like, you know what? Got a feeling something may be happening here with Paige. And uh, we'll revisit that as we you know, go further in the show. Our next match, Chris Hero versus Biff Busick. They've been building up this match for a couple of months already. Um, I'm not a fan of either guy. I don't understand. I am being absolutely honest. I don't know why anybody sees a Biff Busick at all. Chris Hero, despite the insane weight gain, Still one of the most vicious strikers in the game. And uh, these guys fought a very strong style-like match. Basically, they were just beating the crap out of each other. It was like, you know, let's just see who can hit who the hardest, you know. You hit me and I'll hit you. And eventually one of us will just freaking collapse. Uh, vicious striking throughout. Biff, at one point, I will say, he hit like a, on the outside of the ring a running European uppercut. He did this like three times. That was probably the best thing I've seen out of him. It was pretty cool because uh, he gets like such a running start. You know, he runs up like halfway around the ring and just connects with a European uppercut that echoes throughout the arena. And he did it three times in a row. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, they wind up back in the ring. Hero comes back. He hits a power driver for a near fall. They, they go back at it. More striking, more kicks, a lot of kicks. From Hero, a lot of elbows from Music. Winds up Hero hits a Tombstone Power Driver, gets the win. Not bad. I give it two and a half stars. I think that's pretty nice considering I'm not really a fan of either man. But they they worked. I would never knock how hard they worked. They both worked extremely hard in this match. Okay, our next match, as the we hear the music of Lionel Richie's All Night Long start to play, and that means. It's time for Johnny Gargano and Rich Swan to head to the ring as Ronin as they take on the premier athlete brand, Caleb Conley and Brian Cage. Of course, Anthony Nice is not there for this weekend. He's back in New York. I don't know if he missed his flight. Um, and TJ Perkins walked out on the premier athlete brand last uh, show. So uh, right now they are still accompanied by Andrea. And SoCal Val. Now, I have to be honest, early on in the match, it was, you know, some nice stuff. They started really, Cades and Connie, we just started working over Rich Swan. And then at some point, 
I think I know the spot. I think he came down and he just landed a little wrong. He came a little off balance and he basically bruised his ribs. He was injured. To be honest, I was not really paying too close attention to what was going on in the ring. I was more had my eye on the corner trying to see if he was going to get to his feet because he was out on the floor. After a while, you saw people running out from the back to check on him. At one point, inside the ring, Gargano slaps on the Gargano escape on uh, Conley, who taps, but the announcer says the match ends due to Swan's injury. So it's total confusion. The referee was confused, so Calval was confused. I think the crowd was confused. I'm not going to give the match um, any rating. Like I said, I would not. I was much more concerned with Swan. An update at this point as I'm recording this, the update is that he had a badly, badly bruised ribs. Doctors told him to, you know, hang it up for the rest of the weekend. Uh, you know, give it, you know, maybe a week or two to heal up and then he should be fine. It's not serious. So probably on the next Evolve or Dragon Gate USA or whatever uh, show is next on the uh, schedule, you'll probably see Rich Swan wrestling there. But he was held out of the WWN Super Show. Our next match, PJ Black, the former Dustin Gabriel, versus Ricochet, who, I don't know if I mentioned this, uh, for those of you who are normal listeners to our show, Prince Puma, the champion of Lucha Underground, that is Ricochet. He's one and the same person. There's one guy wears a mask and doesn't speak. <laughs> and... uh Ricochet doesn't wear a mask and talks a lot. But uh, I had a very high expectations going into this match. And let me tell you, it paid off. This match is off the chain. Um, numerous two counts. Not just a bevy of dives. There were bevy of dives countered. Not just guys diving on top of each other, but dives being countered, which you don't really see that often. Very, very well-booked match. PJ winds up hitting a springboard 450, gets a near fall. A little later on, Ricochet comes back. He hits a top rope reverse Frankensteiner. 4-2 count. A.R. Fox is doing guest commentary. And he says something which, like, echo what my sentiments were. Which was, how in the world is a top rope reverse Frankensteiner not a finish? I thought the same thing. And so I kind of chuckled when A.R. said that. Because I'm like, who, who kicks out of that? That's ridiculous. But kick out of it, PJ did. And it really became a match of can you top this at this point? It's like, yeah, I'm going to do this insane move. What do you got? You know? At one point, PJ goes for a top rope hurricane runner, but Ricochet counters and he power bombs PJ right on the back of his neck. Again, I was holding my breath when I saw that. It looked really, really bad. Apparently, PJ's okay. Ricochet goes back up, hits the 630 Centon, it's over. Great, great, outstanding match. I gave it four stars. Um, after Ricochet cuts a promo, praising PJ Black. And then PJ gets the mic, and he says, you know, when people ask him, why did he leave WWE? He says that he saw a match with Ricochet and Johnny Gargano. And said, that's where I need to be. A place I could give it my all every night. You know, most of these promos I hear during these uh, Evolve shows and, you know, whatever independent shows we talk about, they're all very cookie-cutter promos. 
You know, well, thank you, the fans. If it wasn't for you, blah, blah, blah. No one really says anything interesting. I thought that was interesting, what PJ said. And I believed him. Uh, I really believe when he said that. I believe that he, when he felt like, you know, he's in his 20s. You now, yeah, he could stay in WWE, never get on television, collect big checks, and to the point where maybe he's 28, 29, and they release him. And then what good is his name? On, on the open market at that point. You know, he'll be close to 30 years old. All he's being known for is being a jobber in WWE. And it's very hard to break out of that shell. And so I think he did the right thing. I think he did the right thing leaving. Right now, the state of independent wrestling is the best it's been in probably 15 years. Um, there are so many companies out there that you could get work and you can make money. You know, Ring of Honor, even TNA, uh, Lucha Underground, Evolve. Dragon Gate, go to Japan, go to Mexico. There's a lot of opportunities right now. It's kind of a boom. It's not a boom for the business, but it's a boom for the independent business. And when that happens is when you're going to see a lot of guys do what uh, Gabriel did, who figures, you know, take a look at Alberto El Patron. He's probably making more money now than he made when he was working for WWE. Firing him was the best thing that ever happened to him. He's working in every major company and making big money. Uh, Rey Mysterio couldn't wait to get out. You know, he basically, what WD was accusing him of was faking an injury because he didn't want to be there anymore. And you know what? If he was doing that, I don't blame him. I don't have a problem with him faking the injury to get out of there. Yeah, he wants to get out of there. He only has a few more years after those knees. And he wants to go somewhere where, where he feels he's utilized and gives back and gets back to his roots. So good for him. All right, soapbox portion of Indie Talk is now over. We're going to go to our next match. Oh, I'm sorry. That was the main event. That was the main event of uh, 39. I'm sorry, of 40, which was a much better show than 39. If you caught my report last show, I was not a big fan of the 39 show. Though they had a great main event. And outside of that, maybe one other decent match. This is much better. There's only one match here that I really wasn't a fan of. Everything else really did come through. Exciting spots. Uh, you know, great stuff. So definitely, if, you, if you're on the boat and you're on the WWN Network and you're like, you know, I want to watch one of these Evolve shows, but I don't know which one to watch. Uh, trust me, watch number 40. Much better show. Okay, and now we're going to move on to the WWN Mercury Rising is what they're calling the show, which, as I said, is a joint promotion show. The show opens with maybe my favorite thing in the business today, which is Rich Swan coming to the ring, singing all night long. I, I, I love this gimmick. I don't care what anybody says. I love it. I am dying now to go see an Evolve show personally so I can sing along with Rich Swan. It's just, I just think it's it's so much fun. The crowd loves it. It's bringing a little bit of fun back. You know, this is supposed to be fun. We're supposed to go to these shows. I'm an old school ECW guy. And I will always tell people I never had in anything I've done in my life as much fun as going to an ECW show. And that's what this little bit of which Swan reminds me of. It reminds me of something you saw at ECW. 
You know, like when Sandman would come out and the entire ring sang Enter Sandman by Metallica. And it was just such a moment uh, of, of a crowd coming together. And that's what I feel when I see this Rich Swan gimmick. He, he, after this little concert, he gives a promo telling fans, you know, due to the rib injury, he's not medically cleared. And, you know, the fans are upset. But, you know, he, he challenges the premier athlete brand. He says, in April, it's our next Evolve show. And he wants them to put up the titles against Ronan. I'm assuming he means Gargano, but I think Chucky Taylor is still part of Ronan also, so it could be Chucky Taylor. I'm not really, he didn't really say who his partner would be. Out comes Conley, Cage, Andrea, and SoCal Val. They attack Swan, hitting him in the ribs with the title belt. Out comes Gargano and Ethan Page. Ethan Page is taking Swan's spot in his match today, which was against Caleb Conley. So uh, that match starts right now. The match was a little sloppy. Bad timing again. So I got to say, it's Ethan. Uh, you know, This is three matches in a row that I felt suffered from some bad timing with Ethan Page. So uh, I don't know. He might just be a little too green. I'm not sure. At one point, Cage tries to interfere, but he hits Connie with the discus clothesline instead. Page winds up rolling up Connie with a handful of tights. Uh, now I found that interesting. Remember what I talked about in Evolve 40 was, you know, could there be a swerve coming with Ethan Page? Well, now we just saw him use a handful of tights to win a match. I definitely think at this point, I was pretty sure we're seeing the start of an Ethan Page heel turn. I uh, gave the match two stars. Nothing was bad. This wasn't anything special, you know. And, uh, like I said, there was some timing issues. After the match, though, the Premier Athlete brand turns on Brian Cage. So, this whole revamped uh, Premier Athlete brand of SoCal Val promised it seems to have totally imploded over the course of one weekend. And so we're probably just back now, I guess, to Conley and Anthony Nice. And uh, I guess the only addition is Andrea. We'll see what happens with this. I'm kind of interested. I got a feeling this wasn't the final shoe to drop on the SoCal Val situation with the Premier Athlete brand. Next match, one of my favorite acts. The Canadian Ninjas are teaming up with Nikki Storm. And they're going to face Mia Yim and the Kimber Bombs, who is Kimberly and Cherry Bomb. Kimber Bombs are the Shine Tag Team Champions. Mia is the Shine Heavyweight Champion. And one half of the Canadian Ninjas, one Nicole Matthews, is the Shimmer Heavyweight Champion. And of course, the Ninjas are two-time Shimmer Tag Champs. Nikki Storm is being really obnoxious as they come into the ring and in the ring. She's cutting some weird promo. Again, I think it's I don't understand British accents well because I couldn't really get what she was saying either. But all I know is that Andrea came out from the back, destroys her, tosses out the ring, and basically takes her place in the match. The ninjas didn't seem to care one way or the other. This was a wild match. Uh, I will say one thing. Mia Yim has got, I don't know, she's about 24, 25 years old. I remember seeing Mia when she broke into the business at about 20. And I'm telling you right now, as of today, she's got to be in the top. Five workers in America uh, out of the female ranks. She is so, 
so good. I guess the best worker in WWE would be Natalia, and I'd have to say, let's be very close to who I think is better worker, her or Natalia. And there's nobody else in WWE. I guess the second best worker is maybe Charlotte, and you can't even compare. Charlotte is nowhere near what Mia Yim is. And I don't really watch a lot of TNA, but I don't remember any exceptional workers there. I mean, Mickey's a decent worker, and uh, Madison Rain's a decent worker, but I wouldn't put them on the level that Mia Yim is. Actually, I just thought I read also Mia Yim has just entered TNA. So, that's to be interesting. I need to check out TNA. Maybe I'll review one of their shows one day. Uh, back to the match. Uh, Mia winds up at one point taking out Andrea with a missile drop kick. And then the ninjas go out for her. And they try to hit their finisher. But she staves it off. Rolls up Portia Perez. And gets the win. Again, there's two and a half stars. Mostly due to Mia. Mia just really shined. I mean, the Kimber Bombs are good. They're beautiful. And the ninjas are the ninjas. I I never thought the ninjas were the greatest workers in the ring. Um, I just really love their act. Anyway, uh, after the match, Nikki Storm returns and attacks Andrea and challenges her for an upcoming Shine show. I think they said Shine 41. Don't quote me on that. But uh, so that's something if you guys are Shine watchers. You could look for the Nikki Storm Andrea saga to continue there. Then out comes Drew Galloway, and uh, he says he doesn't want to wait. He wants to do the title versus title match with Gargano right now. Okay, so this is two nights in a row now. You know, last night he comes out and he's in the opening match. Now he's coming in the middle of the card to try to get his match out the way, and he's the evolved champion. I mean, does this guy have a night job he's going to get to? What's going on here? Very strange. I don't know if this is a some sort of gimmick that is going to rear its head later on. But I've never seen a promotion where the, you know, the champion is never wrestling in the main event. Strange. Okay, so we have our match. Drew Galloway versus Johnny Gargano. Must be a winner. I must point out that Ethan Page is ringside with Johnny, which made me raise an eyebrow a lot of rock. I still think I see a page swerve coming. I, I thought it since the night before. There's a lot of brawling through the crowd in this match. And when I say brawling through the crowd, it's not one of those, you know, yeah, they went through the stairs or something and came back out the other side and, you know, nobody got near really any fans. No, I say these guys brawled through the crowd. Fans running for their lives. The chairs, everything just destroyed. Uh, these guys really went at it. They wanted to get him back in the ring. Drew hits a reverse Alabama slam. So he basically slams him face first. That was something new. Gorgano comes back, hits his trademark lawn dart. They go out to the floor and uh, super kick by Johnny on the floor. Johnny goes back in the ring and hits the ropes for a dive. And I'm not really sure what happened here from my angle. I couldn't tell, but I think that Galloway pulled the referee in front and the dive actually takes out the ref. With uh, They get back in the ring and Gorgano gets the advantage again. And with Drew down, Johnny gets offered a rope from Ethan Page. And if you saw... Last year's shows during the WrestleMania weekend, Gorgano tried to use a rope to choke out his opponent. It might have been Ricochet uh, in that match. 
so, you know, here's Paige with the rope for Galloway to do it again. I mean, for, I'm sorry, not for Galloway, but for uh, Johnny Gargano to do it to Galloway. But Johnny says no. He throws the rope back at Ethan. And when he turns around, I don't know where, bam, Future Shock DDT. But there's still no ref because the ref was out. Another ref runs down and finally gets the instructor count. Johnny kicks out at two. Johnny stumbles into the corner. Drew goes for the sick kick. This time I saw it. Uh, Gargano pulls the referee in the way. And the referee gets totally wiped out by the sick kick. So now we got two refs down. Uh, winds up, uh, Galloway winds up doing, uh, hitting another move on Gargano. The first ref is now, you know, rolled back in the ring and still hazy, but he tries to make the count when he gets two. Then, uh, Johnny locks on the Gargano escape. Galloway is fighting it and fighting it, and he powers out and somehow gets him up into a Gotts power driver and spikes him. The entire arena is counting along. One, two, no. Gargano kicks out. This crowd is now just going bananas. Um, they give a standing ovation. The match is not over. They just in the middle of the match decide to give a standing ovation. Uh, they continue to fight. They're on the ropes. Drew looks for an emerald flosion from the second rope. But Johnny reverses it and kind of counters it to like a DDT type move. Covers but no pen. Then hits four straight super kicks before Drew finally goes down. He doesn't stay down though. He rises up. Uh, he goes for another kick. But you know, as he goes for the other kick, uh, he evades it this time. And hits the future shock DDT. Then holds on to him. Rises back up. Hits another future shock DDT. But Gargano kicks out again. You can see the look of Galloway's face, like, you know, like, this is ridiculous. He, he won't stay down. But he sucks it up. He refocuses, picks him up. Tombstone Power Driver and is finding enough. Drew Galloway is the WWN United Champion. 4.5 stars. This match was just insane. Uh, Drew cuts a promo, uh, shakes Johnny's hand. And leaves. Like I said before, these post-match promos have become really repetitive. Uh, really nothing interesting was said here. And now Gargano has to grab the mic. So Gargano grabs the mic. He says, thank you. And that's all I heard him say. Because as soon as he said thank you, he got laid out by Ethan Page. Saw this coming a mile away. He starts to stomp him. Then grabs the microphone. He says that he learned everything from watching Gargano, including how to make a splash. This is what he's doing. By, by he's going to take Gargano's career from him and make his name, blah, 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 blah. You know, heads, heads out. Gargano recovers and has that look of revenge will be mine. And we go on to our next match. Our next match, Tommy End versus TJ Perkins. Versus Drew Gulak. Versus Biff Busick. So, I went into this not knowing what to expect. You know, I'm thinking, is, is this going to be a four-way MMA-style match? I'm really not sure. But I got to say, this was actually quite good. 
Um, it was a great mix. We had a mix of kickboxing, amateur wrestling, MMA, and aerial. And it worked really well. For those who are just like, oh, I, I, I don't have any respect for amateur style wrestling. I do. They did a lot of it here. Um, but they also mixed in pro wrestling. And I thought this was much more fun to watch. Uh, very good match. CJ Perkins winds up pulling off what I consider to be a pretty big upset when he beats Gulak uh, with an uh, armbar submission. Gave the match three and a half stars. Really, it had everything. It had insane kicks by uh, our friend Tommy Yen. Some really good high flying by TJ Perkins. Some ground and pound by Drew Gulak. And we had Busick, you know, being tough. You know, whatever. So the streets of Boston, he's a tough guy. After the match, Busick is angry for some reason at TJ Perkins. So he's like, you know, getting in his face and then stomps off. Whatever. Go away, Busick, please. But that's the match there. Our next match, A.R. Fox versus P.J. Black. Now, talk about evenly matched. I don't think either guy hit two moves in a row for over half the match. You know, and then at one point, Fox must have been hitting a top rope lung blower, follows it with a swanton, gets the two count. He hits the low main pain, then goes for the 450, but PJ gets the knees up. They're back fighting on the top rope again, and then, wow, a scare of the night, scare of the weekend. PJ Black, Hits a top rope Death Valley driver onto the ring apron. Jesus, I thought this guy, I thought this guy would, wow. He was destroyed. He destroyed A.R. Fox with this. Again, I'm just not ready to see stuff like this. I'm just, it's too fresh in my mind after the death. I literally gasped when, uh, when this hit. But he was okay. AR was okay. He's uh, rolled back into the middle. PJ hits a springboard 450, gets the victory. Three stars. This was a really fun match. My kind of match. I just would have taken out that insane bump. I don't know what it is with people using the ring apron to bump lately. If you don't know, in the ring, it's plywood covered by canvas. But the plywood has a lot of give. So it's, when you slam on it, it's not like you're slamming on something solid. It's almost not the same, but you know, imagine slamming on a really hard mattress. You know, it might actually hurt being slammed on a hard mattress, but it's still give there. Well, when you're slamming and throwing people and doing stuff on the ring apron, there's no give. That's like slamming somebody on concrete. And this has become... This thing now, this love affair with doing moves on the apron for the last year. There have been some serious injuries. Ring of Honor, I think, has had two people go out with injuries from taking moves on the apron. I really don't know why this became a thing. I don't like it. I, I find it very, very scary. Our next match is Timothy Thatcher versus Chris Hero. As you can imagine, this is as stiff as it can be. I mean, two guys who embody the strong style of Piro Riso here in America. The crowd is incredibly loud for this match. They love both these guys. I don't know why, but they do. 
they are just basically pounding on each other. As I spoke about another match, about you know how hard can I hit you or how hard can you hit me? That's what this was. Hero at one point winds up hitting a God's power driver for a two count. Then there's a spot where he goes for the rolling elbow, and he gets stopped by Biff, basically just taking his head and ramming it into Hero's head. It's one of the sickest stiff headbutts I've ever seen. I was expecting to see like a Flintstone bump on one of their heads from this one. So that kind of stopped the momentum. But the match continues. Chris winds up getting uh, the advantage again. He hits four straight rolling elbows. Chris, you know, at this point, Thatcher looks down, out, and basically dead to the world. Chris covers him, but Thatcher winds up putting him in the Fujiwara armbar. Hero has nowhere to go. Hero taps. This was a good match. Again, considering I'm not a fan of either guy. Good match. I gave it three and a half stars. The crowd loved it. If you asked anybody in the crowd, they probably would have gave it five. They, they loved this match. I, I don't think I heard the crowd loud for any other match, including the main event, the, the title versus title match, on the three nights of shows. They just went crazy for this match. Now we get our main event. Roderick Strong teaming up with Austin Aries versus Ricochet and Uha Nation. Uh, Ricochet takes a beating in this match. For most of the match, it's just Ricochet selling for Aries and Strong. Finally gets the hot tag to Uha, who starts taking it to the vets. And he wants to do this move I really like, where he gorilla slams. He picks up Aries in a gorilla slam and tosses him into an ace crusher by Ricochet. Really awesome move. Roddy winds up breaking up the pin. There's a lot more great action in this match. Uh, at one point, Strong goes to powerbomb Ricochet. Ricochet turns it into a hurricane Rana. Really looked like the finish there. Two count. They say he kicked out before three. He did. He barely got out. Uh, finally, it ends when Strong gets Ricochet. And you know, he doesn't move like this. Uh, usually, we put the guy in a fireman carry position. So he has him in the fireman carry position, but it's not a backbreaker. What he does is he kind of tosses Ricochet up into the air. And he twirls in the air and falls down into a code breaker. That looked sick. And yes, that was the finish. He was not kicking out of that one. Excellent match. Four stars. This was a very good show. Best of the weekend. Really, really, really enjoy uh, the different styles. It's something for everybody. That's why Evolve and, and WWN promote that they have something for everybody, and they do. No matter what type of wrestling that you like, I'm sure you'll find a match to your liking on their shows. Uh, and that's our show. That's our show. Now, I do have another show coming up, Lucha Underground. Uh, did air yesterday. I did not watch it yet, but I will. And I will have a report on that. And maybe, just maybe, we will get our first uh, Andy Talk report on PWG, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, out of uh, out of California. Features a lot of wrestlers that we've talked about already and a few others that you don't know, West Coast Mainstays. They are very, very popular. Probably the most popular promotion in all the West Coast. I think that with, along with Lucha Underground, uh, maybe we'll review PWG. If not, we're going to review them very soon. But my plan is to review them on our next show. 
which will probably be coming uh, probably around Easter, um, either Easter or maybe the day after. So look for our next show then. So until the next time, thanks for listening, and bye-bye.